E-S-N-Y. of the Pat Venditti headline where they called them the amphibious pitcher which is not even remotely the right word oh yeah that was hilarious <laughs> that was four years ago already yeah honestly you could have you could have told me Pat Venditti Pat Venditti debuted in like 2004 and I think I would have believed you is he even in the majors I don't know he did have a stint with the Blue Jays yeah. topical because we're talking about the Blue Jays game right now but I don't know. I kind of want to. I kind of want to find out. That was such a weapon. Like if he was just a little more talented, like just with either arm, if he was just a little more talented, he could have been some special kind of weapon. Pat Venditti. Let's find out. Definitely would have threw everyone for a loop. Relief pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. Oh, let's go! Let's go! Get out! Yeah, buddy. Who was that? DJ. DJ. DJ LeMayhew, consensus greatest hitter of all time. Man, if only we had Jed Lowry too, right? (laughs) If only we had Manny Machado. Yeah. Manny Machado stinks. Just straight up stinks. Three Um, run bomb. Look at that. I need to see Clint just being a good teammate. Getting on the base, making a three run home run instead of a two. How's the body language towards Clint? He probably would have hit a grand slam if he was up. Oh, there are only two men on base. They just give him the extra run. Clint Frazier, famously known for hitting seven-run homers. That's his go-to. Can't field for shit, but... All right. Luke so, looks terrible at the plate. Jesus Christ. Well, he's good at bat his last at-bat. It worked a nice walk. He's got a really good eye. He doesn't get enough credit for that. Everyone looks at Luke Voigt, and they think of the video of him... He's like half-swing... Check shit he keeps doing. It's unbelievable. Oh, he's too strong. Once he starts swinging, he can't pull it back. He's just too strong. There's too much momentum in the bat. But everyone looks at him. They think of that. 471 with runners in scoring position for DJ. That's that's high, right? That seems pretty high. Is that good? That's bad. It's like golf. The lower the number, the better. Hmm. One home run, 29 RBIs, two doubles. Gee, Christmas. Was that the one home run right there? Uh, I believe so. I just said, you think they had time to update the graphic? I think it's the Yes Network, consummate professionals. Uh, I really, I need to know if Pat Venditti is on the Major League roster. No, San Francisco Giants. I run into this problem every time. Have you ever once uh, typed in to see the Giants roster? Well, I guess that's a weird thing to type in. But gotten the Giants roster, but you open it up and then you realize it's the New York Giants. That's not at all what you were looking for, because I don't really care about football. That has happened to me. Happens to me with the Rangers. I'm just so used to, like, when I think of the Giants, I think of Chris Berman saying the New York football Giants. Let's see the roster. Whoa! Jesus, Luke is slow. (laughs) Yeah, not fast. Oh, man. Uh, We don't don't have a lot of burners on on our team. Not a lot of guys with blazing speed. Oh, yeah. Right out there. Just muscled that one out. Right into the bullpen. I'm so tired. <laughs> um, Pat Venditti. I don't see him on the 25-man roster. Let's see the 40-man roster. He's probably on that, right? No, I don't see him there either. Where the fuck is Pat Venditti? Might be in the minors. But I feel like he would be on the 40-man roster. I don't know. Uh, he plays for the Sacramento Rivercats. I assume that's the Giants' AAA team. I'm going to yes. assume that, too. AAA affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. All right, let's reel it in here, because we only have one thing we really need to talk about. All right, today is June 5th, episode 17 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast, presented by Elite Sports New York. Still don't have a new name. We're going on about six weeks with no new name. Uh, that's coming, though. We'll brainstorm. And... 
I mean, I'm not even going to bother introducing it because all we're going to talk about is Clint Frazier. Our man, pots and pans. We are, I'm going to preface it, we are a strongly pro-Clint podcast. Pro-Clint. We love Clint. Clint's a dude. I don't know. He's having a rough week, though. Can't play the outfield. Can't play the outfield for jack shit. I don't, but that happens. That happens to baseball players, and everybody says it. Now, Luke Foy had the quote right after. He's like, this is baseball. It's a long season. You play 162 games. Everyone's bound to have a bad day. And you know what happens when you make a stupid error? The ball just finds you. Because that's, that's the beauty of the game of baseball. When you don't want the ball near you, it's getting hit to you every time. I've been on the receiving end of that, where it, like it, you just you muff a ground ball, and then all of a sudden you're like, I, that didn't feel too good. I don't think I have it right now. And then the next four balls come right at you. You muff every single one. See, I would agree with you if he just hadn't looked uncomfortable in the outfield the entire season leading up to this point. Well, yeah, he's just a bad fielder. He's bad. And that's what, just be average, man. I don't. Outfield is. I mean, I don't know why you're diving for a ball while the guy on first, second base open. Because it's the mental mistakes. He's just like, like it's just unbelievable. He doesn't have a feel for the position. It's like that scene in Moneyball when they're teaching Hadberg how to play first. And Ron Washington is like, well, the nice way to say it is that he has no feel for the position. The mean way to oh, no, the nice way is that he lacks confidence. The mean way to say it is he's got no idea what the fuck he's doing over there. And Clint Frazier has no idea what the fuck he's doing in the outfield. It's unbelievable. The outfield is, I mean, of all the positions on a major league baseball field, right field is probably the easiest to just be average at. The corner outfields, all you have to do is keep the ball in front of you, really. You don't have to make that crazy play. And that's what he did. He made, he made a bad play where the ball just scooted on right past him. And he said, all right, I got to make it up. I got to dive for a ball I got no business diving for with a man on first and two outs. That runner's not going anywhere. If you just play it in front of you, he's on second base. You get another shot. Because if you lose that ball behind you, he scored, which is what happened. And Clint Frazier lost us a game against the Red Sox. Do you know what the only thing you can't do as a Yankee is? Lose to the Red Sox. Sox. And then not talking to the media after the game? Bro, what are you doing? Bitch move. What are you doing? Bitch made. That's what he is. This is why we have the cliches. This is why they exist. So when you have a shitty game, you can go out to the media, you can have the reporters come up to your locker, and instead of saying, I don't know, I played pretty bad today, you give them the cliches. Oh, it's a long season, you know, we're working every day, we're trying to trying to get better, working with the fielding coach, I'm really just trying to get my confidence out there. The cliches are beautiful. That's all you need to say. Derek Jeter made a whole PR career out of cliches, and everyone loved him for it. They were like, this guy's a class act. He always says the exact right thing at the exact right time. Well, you know why he always says the right thing? It's because he's just saying the same thing over and over again. Because the cliches are how you survive in the New York media. Because we're savages. We're animals. You give us one little bit, and that's like 4,000 page views. 400,000 page views if you're on a big site. Like You just need one bad quote or one player to say, I'm not going to talk to the media today. Guess what? You're fucked now. Everyone in the media hates you because... They have a job to do, and you've just prevented them from doing their job in a way. Land in another plane, way, dude. Yeah, in another way, you kind of gave them even more material. But the point is, they hate you now. They hate you. Everyone on Twitter hates you. Well, I was talking Frazier. to you. What? Land the plane. I'm sorry. They just they hate him now. Twitter hates him, and the media hates him. Now, all you had to do was say the cliches, man. It's up to us. Where's Knights? Whereas, yeah, still pro Clint, still believe in him. Great hitter. Just average fielder, hopefully, one day, maybe. I, I still was... have my troll thread going, so I'll just be adding to it the entire season the rest of the way now. Oh, yeah, you've been keeping a, keeping a list of every ball that goes in the outfield. It's like, ah, the shame I was on Clint for not fielding that. I got hungry. Then so you got... my hands kind of got occupied. Well, we got no Wendy's this week, which is a damn shame. No, it was probably good. That was gross. I... I... Felt like it was good though. I feel like it was a good thing. Like we had Wendy's while we were recording. It was a good thing. Probably just a lot of tinfoil crackling in the background. I didn't listen to it, of course, so I have no idea. Oh well. Uh, and now uh, Clint just shoving his entire custom Klee collection into, into his mouth. Now every single quote he gives now is just like, all right, this guy. He. I don't think he even wants to be here anymore. I think he's had enough. Uh, he's gonna be gone. Yeah. And I mean, this is. 
this is like the same thing with Brian Cashman last year where Joe Girardi, or not last year, two years ago, when Joe Girardi benched Gary Sanchez for not hustling. And then the next day, Cashman was like, all right, my mind's made up. Joe Girardi's gone. This is that type of move where a book's going to come out in five years and we're going to look back and be like, well, what was the turning point on the Clint Frazier, on the Clint Frazier saga? And it was like when that he didn't game. talk to the media. Yeah, that game and not talking to the media. Absolutely. I, I thought he was going to be traded this year anyway. And now the way everyone else is kind of playing and working out, um, it's just no room for him. He just has. But before everyone comes back, he had such this incredible opportunity to prove that he belongs here and to maybe take at bats away from Brett Gardner in the near future. That obviously Gardy's he's done. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. This is his last season has to be. Yeah. We've seen enough of Brett Gardner this year where we're like, all right, he just doesn't have it. I've anymore. seen enough of that goddamn noodle arm in center field there. I can't see. I can't handle it anymore. No. That throw he had home today. Like, oh, my God. Figure it out. I mean, man, oh, man. His, that's the thing. His throws are always on the money, but they're so slow. He just he doesn't have it in his body anymore. And it, we have to play him every day because what's the alternative? We can't play Aaron Hicks every day right now. He just came back from injury. He got the day off today because they're on turf, and turf is yes. so much worse for your back. What is that pitch? I, I don't know. At least it's not Angel Hernandez. That ball call yesterday was atrocious. It was literally right down He's the middle. He's so bad. I hate him so much. I don't under... How, how does he still have a job? I think that replay visibly just showed the umpire's eyes close. While the ball was coming through? Like, as it's, like, crossing the plate, he's like, I don't know, like, maybe just look down, I have no idea, but it looked like his eyes were just shut as the ball was crossing the plate. Like every swing Chris Carter took when we had him playing first base every day? He oh, just man. closed his eyes and hoped the bat made contact? TBT. What, what, year, what lineup was that that year that they post where it's, like, Jason Nix, Chris Carter? Oh, in 2013? Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. It's oh, just a funny was... lineup. Yeah, that was a bad lineup. Now, Chris Carter Chris Carter was a direct result of Greg oh, We Burry. can't even challenge this, right, since they got the first challenge wrong? Yeah, we lost the challenge. And yeah, and they messed it up. They messed up yeah. that first challenge, too. Why do we have instant replay if it doesn't even result in the right call being made? I mean, I don't know. The guy could very easily be safe. It looked pretty out to me. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, my God. Let's see. This is why we have instant replay. Oh, he might be safe. It's close. His heels blocking his foot. I think so he can't really the only tell. room for interpretation, I think, I don't know if there's an exact ruling on it. I don't know how the Let's umpires see here. This is going to be the angle. It's close. Wait, I can't really say. I don't it's know close. how the umpires judge the ball being in the glove. Because now, I mean, you could judge it based on when it like when it first enters the the area of the glove. You know what I mean? Once it's like in the glove, but it hasn't hit your palm yet. Or when it actually hits the palm, and that's yeah. all, that's usually the difference in these calls. Whereas, where are you calling the ball as Luke Voigt has possession of it? Uh, who knows? But that was that was pretty close. We probably wouldn't have won that challenge anyway. But I just I, I don't understand because we have instant replay. We have all this technology that can slow down these cameras to things that we can't even see on our television. I'm sure they have all kinds of replay cameras in the headquarters in New York. Get him! Oh, he got a good jump on that. Yikes! But it's just. How do you get it wrong? Ah, the mitten. I love the mitten. It's hysterical. They should wear the mittens on both hands. I just want one just to wear around. I feel like I feel like it wasn't that popular just a couple years ago. Oh, oh, Booney's not happy. Yeah, because it's bullshit that they got the first one wrong, and now we don't have a challenge. The rest of the game, he can't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, so Booney went to challenge. And now the guy's and he was on like, oh shit, we can't challenge. Yeah, Fuck. now the guy's on. Now the guy's in scoring position in a three-run game in the yeah. sixth. Well, this was like yesterday with that Angel Hernandez call that changed the count. It was an 0-1 count. He missed a call that was literally right down the middle. I can't stress this enough. It was middle-middle. It wasn't like securely in the zone on the corner. It wasn't just barely grasping the black on the corner. No, it was middle-middle. The most strike call that you could possibly have. And he was like, no, that's a ball. And then the very next pitch, Grichuk takes Tanaka to dead center. And it's a two-run homer, and that ended up being that, like that started the rally. Really that ended the game. Completely changes the at bat and the outcome of the game. Yeah, because the next pitch, Tanaka's throwing a better pitch than that. Well, on an 0-2 pitch, he's not throwing anything that could come anything close to the strike zone. Because why would you do that? But on a one-one count, you don't want to fall behind a two-one. Then you have to start pitching from behind in the count, so you have to throw something that could miss over the plate. 
which it did, and Grichuk took advantage of it. And that started the rally. God, that's... Uh, I feel like there was a blown call for the guy on second. I feel like... I think he stole... I think he stole second, and Glaber had the tag on him, and then he dropped the ball, transferring it back to his hand. Like, he was lifting the ball to show the umpire he had it. There was also dropped. the one call at, on second yesterday where someone started on second. I think it was Glaber. And they turned a double play, but the guy had the tag Glaber, and he was back. He was safe, but they didn't challenge it. I don't know why oh, they lost. Because they have no faith in the replay challenge. Yeah, and like we can't. If if this it was is a close, very odd we're not play. gonna like, get it right. It, hap- it happened so quick. I'm so tangled here. Jesus, it happened so quick on TV that my dad even thought that there was a force at second, but it wasn't. Like Glaber was on second, he was kind of just caught in no man's land. Yeah, but it didn't even look at the guy applied the tag in time. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And you don't want to challenge that call for exactly what happened in this game, where you challenge the call. You know that you have the challenge call right, but they mess it up on the replay. They still get the call wrong. That's and now you don't have batter. the challenge for the rest of the game. That's got to be his last batter for him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, here he comes. What do you think it's? Uh, Tommy Tight Pants. He's the only one warming up. Tommy Tight Pants. Tommy Tight He has been a revelation again this year. He was really good in 2017 when we got him. Last year, he was dog shit. And now this year he's just really good again. This year he started off pretty rough, and then he yeah, got it was just his other. first two though. I think once once he got the first two out of the way, I think he just locked. Like, I feel like he went the like twenty seven innings right. without giving up a run. But yeah, I think that well, the Yankees bullpen is on some crazy streak like that. I actually I forget. I don't know if they were they went they went twenty six innings without giving up a run at one point. Yeah, and that was that was I saw that statistic immediately after having a conversation with our good buddy Chris, who doesn't know anything. About how he said the Yankees bullpen was overrated, which is just such a, a moron. He's preposterous, so take, preposterous to say that the Yankees bullpen is overrated. Now he, I think he was trying to argue for the Mets bullpen too. And I was like, oh, we had to have him on one day just so everyone can hear just, the ridiculous <laughs> things that will come out of his mouth. I would, I would listen to that podcast where you just have someone come on who clearly has no idea what they're talking about. Oh, it's like that psychological thing where the less well, it's just you know, like having me on. Yeah, well, the less you know, the more you think you know. And then the more you learn, the more you realize that you don't actually know jack shit. That's that's like Twitter in a nutshell. There's everyone thinks they know, but they don't really know. But they know so little that they think they know a lot. It's just Twitter's just a room with no windows and a locked door and everyone's just screaming at each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, is. That's pretty accurate. Uh so I guess moving on from the Clint Fraser and that tangent, uh Dallas Keiko Market. It's heating up. It's reportedly down to the Yankees and the Braves. And before we talk about Keuchel as a pitcher, I need to say I hate, hate sources season. It's too early for this. Fans of sources. It's too early. We did it in the offseason, and it's not supposed to come back until the trade deadline. But now we have guys like, I'm sure everyone's seen him, Paul Giuliano, because he he just keeps tweeting that he has a source about Dallas Keuchel signing with the Yankees. But quote, the deal's done unless he gets a multi-year deal from somebody else. No, first of all, that's not breaking news. That so the what the signed. hell does that mean, man? That doesn't mean the deal's signed because once the deal is signed. Hey, it's a deal unless we get a better offer from another team. No shit, Sherlock. Yeah. and Way to hedge. He keeps defending it. He keeps popping up in my timeline because people are arguing with him, and he's been at least 100 tweets defending the fact that he is a source. If you have a source, you don't have to defend the fact that you have a source. You put your breaking news tweet out, and then you just wait for it to come true. But no, people just throw out their breaking news, this is happening, they throw shit on the wall, hope it sticks. That's what's happening. I almost want Dallas Keuchel to go to the Braves now just because fuck that guy. I don't like the way this guy looks. Who is this? Galvis. Oh, he's a good. He's a good hitter. Well, I'm not saying he's not good at baseball. Just no, I, I'm just saying he's a, he's a good hitter. Just, so, just Blue Jays are sneaky. The Blue Jays are compiling this team of Hall of Fame sons. Freddie Galvez doesn't. He's not part of that. But their like their team strategy <laughs> it's is a just, completely irrelevant point. <laughs> no, but it's about the Blue Jays. Their team strategy is just to compile Hall of Fame sons. They got Greg Biggio's son. They got Vlad Jr. They got. Uh, they just drafted Roy Holiday's son. Uh, I doubt he'll ever see the major leagues with the with the Blue Jays just because of where he was drafted in the 32nd round. Usually those guys either never make it or they don't make it on the same team that they got drafted by. Was he in college or out of high school? I believe at a high school. Oh, so he's probably just going to go to college. He'll anyway. probably go to college. 
The Yankees drafted Al Leiter's son. Uh, he's a he's a Vanderbilt commit. He, we drafted him in the, I want to say the 30th round. Now he, I mean, he's going to go to college for sure. But our first round pick this year was his teammate in New Jersey, uh, who is also a Vanderbilt commit. It's a shortstop. All the all the scouts say this guy's going to be a 300 MLB shortstop. He's going to hit 300. He's going to play shortstop at the major league level. That sounds great to me. I've, we have a really yeah. I'll sign on for that. Yeah, we have a really good talent development system too. And I'm also really excited. I'm I'm marking it down in my calendar. Right, July 2nd is when international free agents can start signing. Jason Dominguez, 16 years old. I want him in the majors by 20. I've mentioned him at least 100 times on this podcast already. Mm-hmm. He's no less than 26 years old. He says he's 16, but he's Carlos from the bench warmers. That kid's a unit. Iconic scene. Icon, an absolute unit, a center fielder, am, so you I know he can play left and right too. I almost just knowing that we're probably gonna sign him. Like it's that it's the thing with international free agents that once you say they're expected to sign, everyone just acknowledges that you have a backdoor deal with the team, and that's just that's the deal that's happening. Like there's no there's no we want to sign this guy and we think we can sign him and then he signs somewhere else. It's once there's an expected deal, it's done. And the Braves got clipped for that a few years. That's why they lost a bunch of international bonus pool money. They wanted, they tried to sign a guy too young. And they came to like a verbal, quote unquote, verbal agreement. And like the league took exception to it. I guess they took it a little bit too far. And they lost. They can't sign that player now. He has to go back in the pool. He's in this in this class. But they're showing Dominguez. $5 million is going to be the biggest uh, biggest international signing bonus maybe ever. I think it's ever. It's definitely top five for sure. I don't even care about Esteban Florial anymore, though. Once we sign that kid, <laughs> Florial is just trade bait. Go trade get me bait. a pitcher. Uh, but yeah, yeah back well, to- it's all interesting now with the trade since you can't do any of those late season trades anymore. It all, it all has to be done by June, July now. Yeah, I hope it's going to be a great trade deadline. Someone think- was saying they think it's going to be like two waves. Like you're going to see like one wave in June and then like another wave by the end of Ju- like the trade je- by the- at the trade deadline. Yeah, because teams teams have to decide now. Do we think we're yeah. going to compete or not? And the it's earlier, weird. the earlier you decide that you're not a competing team, like, we don't have a chance at the World Series. The better return you can get on these prospects or on the on these top name guys for prospects because you're now getting them for a full year when you trade mm-hmm. for them. I am, everyone on Yankees Twitter wants Max Scherzer. Oh, you know what I learned about the Max Scherzer contract today? The big problem that everyone had with it was that the Nationals deferred his money for seven years. So he's got two more years on the books. Yeah, it's contract. all backloaded. Yeah, and then he has seven years of deferred money, but only two years of control. And that turned everyone off at first. And then it turns out the Yankees don't have to pay that. The Nationals no, still I think have the to deferred, pay that. The deferred money is from the original signing team. So I yeah. think it's to prevent signing contracts like that and then trading people away and putting the liability on other teams. Yeah. So, I mean, we could sign Max Scherzer for two years. I'm all in on that. I'd give up almost anything to have Max Scherzer in this rotation because that's that's looking back. Sign to- me up game one of the ALCS, Max Scherzer versus Justin Verlander. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. That's Justin Verlander going to Houston in, I think, August 31st. Like the very last possible day that he could do the, the wave and trade. He went to Houston, and that won them a championship, no doubt. They would not have won that championship had they not gotten Justin Verlander because that's the quality of pitcher where if we got that Max Scherzer guy, we have Luis Severino come back. Domingo Herman probably becomes a bullpen arm because I, I, I want him to be starting, but the innings limit is going to be a problem. He's Huge already more issue. than halfway to the most innings he's ever pitched in the season before. So we can't. he's going to go on a long DL stint to rest up his arm. He's going to get the Chris Sale treatment. I was like, this guy doesn't have 200 innings in him, so we just got to pretend like he has shoulder soreness and wait until it's time. Dingle fingers are coming. Dingle fingers, yeah. Domingo Hermann's playing too much Fortnite. But back to Dallas Keuchel. Uh, I mean, he's not going to be the same pitcher that he was in 2015 when he completely shit on my life in the wild card game. We need him to be just half of that, and we're okay. Yeah, just be be a good pitcher. Low three ZRA. Serviceable. Yeah, he's a ground ball pitcher. We have a great infield defense now since Miguel Andujar is down. Oh, son of a bitch. What was that? Well, uh, I guess it's a wild pitch. I don't know. I don't know. That's an error. The ball just got away from Gary. Uh, pass ball or a wild pitch. Ooh, the ball's in the dirt. 
blocked it. If it's before the play. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, before that's, play. that's probably a wild pitch. Uh, they'll probably rule that a wild pitch. But at least Gary squared up to that. I mean, there's really nothing you can do. When your pitcher spikes a fastball that far ahead of the plate, all you can really do is throw your body in front of it and hope it takes a friendly bounce. I feel like he's going to get some shit on Twitter for that, though, because Twitter's full of, of fucking morons. Clint Frazier would have blocked it in front of him. Clint, I, I don't know what Clint Frazier's doing from right field. Why don't you go get that ball and throw the runner out? Come on, man. Do something. Well, so, uh, yeah, so Dallas Keuchel, if he's just if he's half of what he was in 2015, that's going to be a huge part of ro- our rotation. It's going to spell CC. CC can take more time on the IL with tingle fingers. Domingo Herman can take time on the IL with tingle fingers. Maybe J Hap isn't even on. J Hap gets the Sunny Gray treatment when we get to the playoffs. Hap's not even on the roster because he's not he's not really a bullpen arm. He doesn't have bullpen type stuff, but he's definitely not going to be in the rotation. Yeah, I don't want a fly ball pitcher coming out of the bullpen for us in October. Yeah, you want Jay Hap pitching game four of the, of the ALDS? Absolutely fucking not. It's not. He pitched game four last year, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Oh, the DS? Or maybe it was game three. I know that we lost his start. It was his remember. first loss as a Yankee. But he yeah, is I just, can't remember. He is just not good this year. Well, it took right, two we we just had this guy 0-2, and now it's 3-2. Jesus Christ. This Land the huge. plane, Tommy. Land the plane. This is huge right now. Yeah, We took two out of three from Boston. That was good. Would have liked the sweep, except, you know, Clint Frazier doesn't know how to play. Clint a fucking ball. Yeah. One of them, I, I really don't want to get on Clint Frazier again, but this one play, really, oh boy. I lost my shit when it was an easy fly ball. He ran up way too fast on it, thought he was going to die for it, and then he pulled up at the last second. And then instead of putting himself in position to wait for the bounce to come he just kind of stood there and then the ball took a top spin bounce all the way to the corner right past him and now i think that was the real difference in the game that was i think they scored two runs on that i believe you're right yes yeah not great but i'm not i don't want to talk about clint frazier anymore we believe in him still pro clint really good hitter maybe talk to the media i mean the more pro clint now so we could trade him for something better yeah, I don't. I don't. I think he's gone. He's got to be. He I don't, has to be. I don't see a realistic situation where Brian Cashman saw that he wasn't going to talk to the media and said, "All right, this is still my guy. This is who I want to replace Brett Gardner." Like the absolute picture of class on this team because he uses the fucking cliches. Son of a bitch. That's a big walk. Who's that bringing up now? Is Booney going to go out and get him? No. no. I don't think okay. we have anybody warming up. I was just saying, he's waiting on the doorstep. Like, uh, I don't know if Tommy's got this last guy. I might want to go get somebody. But I don't get because it's not like we have like a lefty reliever, like a lefty specialist who can come in and get one at bat. Who is this? Oh, oh Jesus. He, just, he feels like a Yankee killer. Like yeah. Randall Gritchick and Kevin Pillar. Thank God he's not in Toronto anymore. Fucking hate Kevin Pillar. He's got the, he's got the Dustin Pedroia esque vibe to him. Where it's like this guy, he's really good, really good against the Yankees. A good player, solid player, just really, really good against the Yankees specifically. And always seems to come up. But just anything that got hit to the outfield when Kevin Pillar was out there got caught. It drove me fucking crazy. It was unbelievable. Uh, what else? Did you see the Mike Lipka, our double A Trenton player? He bunted. I did to break see up that, a no yeah. hitter. In the ninth inning with one out, he lays down a bunt. Bench is promptly cleared after the game. What a dick move. I'm not, I can't even defend that. That's a Yankees prospect. I can't defend that. How do you break up a no-hitter with a bunt? Well, you know who they're playing, right? Who? They're playing the Red Sox affiliate. That might change it. Hey, it was only a 3 nothing game. Got to get the leadoff runner on. The tying runs now only on deck, you know. Just yeah, that try to, was just trying to start a rally. Just trying to start a rally. That was the worst part of it. It's like we had very little if chance it, of actually was, winning that game. If it was literally any other organization's minor league team, I would wholeheartedly agree and say it's really fucked up. Put us against the Red Sox organization, so I can care less. Let me put. I'm gonna put couldn't care Yankees, less. Sorry, the Yankees had away for a second. Fuck Mike Lipka. That's a dick move. That you don't pitchers don't get to just throw no hitters. Like, how do you bunt for a hit? How? Do you think it's his call, though, or do you think it's the coaching staff? No way the coach has called for that. 
Who knows? When you're down 3 nothing, you're not looking for a bunt single with one out. You're looking for someone to do some damage. There were no outs, I'm pretty sure, right? No, he, it was one out, one out. Are you sure he wasn't the leadoff hitter? No, ninth inning, one out. Yeah. So you only have two outs to work with, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to lay down a bunt real quick, maybe ruin this guy's entire career. I don't know. I mean, he ruined the guy's career. Let's not overreact now. When you pitch a no-hitter, you get a little bit of buzz around you. You're going to have the Red Sox fans are going to be looking at double. Although, uh, for as much shit as I give Red Sox fans, they are pretty knowledgeable about the team as a whole, the way Yankees fans are, where we can go all the way down to like rookie ball and tell you who the best player on the team is. But I feel like if you you throw a no-hitter in the minor leagues, you're going to get a little buzz on your name. I mean, he's a starting pitcher on their, what is it, their? Double A. Double A, so I'm pretty sure they know who he is already. The fans, though. Not all the fans know. I'm saying the organization knows. I'm talking about the fans. What the hell do the fans have to do with anything? Fan buzz can create a lot of attention. It makes a difference. I know the organization can evaluate them talent-wise, but part part of contributing to a Major League Baseball team is the fans liking you. You can see that with Clint Frazier right now, that nobody likes him right now. He's probably going to get traded. You think you're comparing apples and oranges right now? I'm just saying, if he had thrown, if he had completed the no-hitter, a lot of Red Sox fans would have learned his name real quick, and there would have been a lot more buzz surrounding him. Maybe he gets a confidence boost. Maybe he gets moved up to AAA faster. Who knows? A no-hitter is an impressive feat. Do you think... Tigers, the Tigers drafted Casey Mize last year. He was the number one overall pick out of Auburn. He threw a double-A no-hitter. Do you think that Tigers fans knew that they drafted Casey Mize until he had thrown the no-hitter in double-A? Until that headline came across and they were like, oh, that was our number one pick last year. He's, he's pretty close and he's good. He threw a no-hitter in his first double-A game. He could be here in a year and a half. And then you start paying attention to Casey Mize, and you, the organization starts investing more into him because oh, the fans like you're this guy. you're talking about a very you're talking about the minority of the fan base, yeah, the extreme minority of the fan base. Maybe maybe I'm reaching, but if if one of the Yankees Double A pitchers threw a no hitter, I would take notice of that name and I'd start paying attention to that name. And yeah, and you're part of the extreme minority group of Yankee fans. I guess I am kind of a psychopath. Um, Tula went home. He's yeah, just, it was cool for when he was on the Yankees for six games or whatever it was. Yeah. It was nice. I never seen him ever again. I had completely forgotten about him. He did not factor into my future plans for this Everyone, team everyone was all. more excited about him than DJ LeMayhew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiots. But no, I, he just he didn't factor into my plan whatsoever. Oh, the MLB Twitter hitter tonight is Austin Riley. That's pretty good. What does oh, that mean? Did I, I think I got the details for it. What is the Twitter hitter? Oh, MLB does, uh, they do this thing called Twitter Hitter where they do a live broadcast of, you get to pick. They give you four choices of hitters uh, and every vote time on them in a poll. Go, every time they go up, they just go live? Yeah. That's and pretty cool. It, no, it's cool. It's, it's really it should, good idea. It should just be Mike Trout every single time. Well, yeah, that's why they had to put the poll up because otherwise everyone would just reply, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, because everyone wants to see Mike Trout hit. Nobody ever gets to see Mike Trout play because he plays on the West Coast and no one gives a fuck. On a really shitty team. On a really shitty team. Uh, it's going to come in for the seventh. Okay, I got Kimbrell's details. It was three years, $45 million. We did mention he Jesus got signed, Cam- right? We mentioned Craig Kimbrell? Not yet on here, no. Well, you, he I got signed by the Cubs for three years, $45 million. I mean, that's solid. It's, it's much less than the original six years, $100 million he was asking for. But then again, he didn't play for two months. So I think it was realistic. It's only $5 million dollars off. AAV-wise. Yeah. Yeah. But the years, the years are the real thing because you don't want to be paying Craig Kimbrell almost twenty million dollars when he's, you know, in the fifth, sixth year of that contract because he's going to no, be trash. That's why it was a ridiculous thing. But I think I think he's not going to be good for the Cubs either. I think he'll be just fine. They have no bullpen. That's true. They're going to rely on uh, who? Uh, who are they having? Carl Edwards Jr. He got sent down. At I know, but he was a huge bullpen piece for them last year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this year he started stinking again. I don't even know who their closer was. He's not the closer anymore. Kimbrough's one of those guys who just, it's really important to him that he has the ninth inning. Like what a world Wade Chapman. Davis now? Colorado? Right? Because he was on the Cubs for a while, right? They signed in the one year with Chapman, yeah, he stunk. right? 
and he stunk. He was like their eighth inning guy, and Chapman was the ninth guy. There are there are those certain guys who have been like career closers where I don't know what it is about their mental state. It's like Dellen when you put him in to close. It's something about their mental state just isn't the, the same in the ninth inning. Yeah, once once everything's on the line, like Dellen could you pitch him the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, he's gonna strike everybody out. As soon as you put him in the ninth inning, you know, you walks the first Dellen guy starting the second. Opening a game. What's up? <laughs> could you imagine him opening? Oh, no chance. I feel like it would go just as well as the ninth inning. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be. It good. would just be a disaster. No, he's he's a reliever. He's a reliever. Chad Green, I feel comfortable with as an opener when we need an opener because he used to be a starting pitcher. It wasn't a very good starting pitcher. He lost the he lost the spring training battle to Jordan Montgomery in 2017. I miss Monty right, so much. Shift. Why does Morales keep getting at bats? It makes zero sense. Even even further, why is he hitting fourth? Why is he hitting in the heart of our order? He's well under 200. He hasn't done jack shit since like, he got Why here. not just give... I don't even know. Mike Ford. He's DHing. He's DHing. So why not just sit him and just give Glaber or something the night off and just have Estrada play the infield? I don't know. But even Is so- that like such a crazy thought? Like No. Like It's just unbelievable. I like, I like Morales as a pinch hitter in a, in a late inning. Like I feel like that's what we should have signed him for to be a late inning pinch hitter because he's a switch hitter. He's a consummate veteran. He used to be really good. That's a guy who's not going to get. It's CC yawning like a bear coming out of hibernation. <laughs> Jesus God, that was a. That's I got a yawn now looking at that. Was, he he just needed that nice little stretch with it, like getting off the couch. He was done. I feel like Ruko was watching the broadcast and he was like, "Oh, CC's about to yawn. Somebody get a camera on him right now." Yeah, it's just from doing the podcast with him. He just felt it coming. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, Didi's back this weekend. That's fantastic. That's so much sooner than I was expecting him back. Well, He's so coming back on the end of Morales, right? I don't know if it's going to be Morales. I think Estrada's going to get sent down. I think they. Well, no, I'm just saying a Morales being in the lineup almost every day. Oh yeah, definitely. Because they're gonna. They already said they're gonna have Geo playing third most of the time. Uh, DJ and Glaber are going to rotate around the infield. Didi's going to get a lot of DH at bats at first. So, I, I mean, yeah, Tommy John and his throwing arm. I feel pretty uncomfortable if he's playing shortstop every single day. Yeah, absolutely. But, it's, I mean, again, there's no rush to bring anybody back right away. There's no rush to throw him into the field right away. Let him get his at bats. Let, let him, him warm thing. up. Let him get back to used to playing, getting seen, you know, you know, major league pitching. Yeah, just I mean, he, way back he looks it. pretty good in AAA. He, his numbers haven't been good. I think he was three for twenty-three coming into the day. But the he looks just not as good. Yeah, he no, it, it he looks comfortable though, which is all you can ask from him. Which is all I need to know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Uh, talk about the Mets. First of all, Ron Darling's back. Woo-hoo! Back in the booth. Huge addition to the booth. Maybe the best booth in baseball. I don't want to disrespect. My guy Ryan. Oh, Rico. hands down the best booth. Definitely they the best. They are hysterical. Booth. I love those guys. We watch Mets games all the time. Just not particularly because we're interested in the Mets. Oh, I come from a Mets household, a so I grew up on those. I know guys. you care Mets. about the Mets. I don't really care about them. But oh boy, here comes the redheaded stepchild, Clint Frazier. Yeah. Here we go. Have you noticed that his body language has just been kind of shitty since that bad game in Boston and when he when he didn't talk to the media? Like just overall, he looks like he's just over being in New York. Yeah, I can see. I don't mean I don't know what his usage time is if he can get sent back down or not or what. No, we can we can send him back down. He's got options, but I don't I don't think he's going to get sent back down at least not until Stanton comes. Or I'm back. just saying, or like a DL stint or something just to get yeah. him away from the team for a little while. I don't know. I mean, you saw when he hit that R&R. two run. He hit the two run homer yesterday, which opened up the scoring. So it should have been like. Everyone yeah, should be cheering now. You're up to nothing. And all of his teammates looked like they were clapping at gunpoint. They were like, this is... The I mean, Austin this Romine is visual was not good. Oh, he was frowning. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. Everyone's going to start liking him again. He just hit a homer. I don't know. I think everyone's starting to not like Clint, which is bad. But again, we've been talking about Clint for literally 40 minutes we on got and him off. In the Andrew Miller deal, right? Yep. We and, got him and, and... Justice Sheffield, right? Yep. And then Sheffield turned into James Paxton. There was actually a really good graphic. I don't remember who put it up. I think it must have been, I think it was Jack Curry who put it up on, on the post game about 
how Brian Cashman's GM moves have panned out. And it's astounding when you look at it like he turned this he like he turned Beltran into a player who turned into this player who turned into this player. And it all like leads up to basically you traded Carlos Beltran in 2016 for Clint Frazier and uh, Justice Sheffield, who then turned into James Paxton. So you get Paxton for 2016 Carlos Beltran if you look down the line far enough, which yeah, is crazy. Dots on it. Yeah, yeah. He's just thinking like seven moves ahead. That's why Brian Cashman's the GM and the New York Yankees and the rest of us are just Twitter idiots. Yikes. That's a bad look. Wrong up, looking. Bad K. Yeah, it was a good curveball, but he buckled real hard. I mean, he's almost seated. Yikes. Not great. Not great. Um, back to the Mets. Uh, their bullpen, unmitigated disaster. Last night was one of the funniest things to watch ever. Noah Syndergaard freaking out as Mickey Cow is going to take him out of the game because he's like, for the they're love of God, blow it. Yeah, for the love of God, don't take me out because they're going to fucking lose this game. And they did. Yeah. And it was his. I want to. I'm looking back at um at Clem from Barstool's tweet where he's like one of their Mets guys. Said the Mets were in line to beat Ooh, Clayton Holland Kershaw. Just took the liner off. I hate seeing that. He said the Mets were in line to beat Clayton Kershaw, Zach Greinke, and Madison Bumgarner over the last week before the bullpen gave up 18 earned runs in 10 innings of relief. I mean, it's atrocious. That's this is what we said from the beginning of the year. Everyone, I'm not gonna say everyone. Our buddy Chris, our dumb buddy Chris, said, "What's what's happening? Is Jason Vargas sitting? Is that Jason Vargas?" In the bottom of the eighth, I we need to see how what he hasn't let up a run yet. Do you really have that little confidence in your bullpen that you had Jason Vargas hitting in the bottom of the eighth inning? I mean, it's seven nothing. Which me, but I mean that means he's pitching in the ninth inning. You're not gonna say, yeah. Let me get a. Oh man, who are we gonna bring in? I don't know. Gazelman went up five last night. Santiago didn't help. Lugo tied the damn game. Who's left? Diaz can only pitch the ninth inning in a safe situation. It is well, the he's rule, one of those closers. Those are the rules they set out for him. You're going to give it to Familia? Fuck no. Yeah, exactly. It's just unbelievable. Cheris Familia is making $3 million more than Adam Adovino is over a three-year contract. That's yeah, insanity. Adam Adovino is good. Cheris Familia stinks, and Cheris Familia is making... $3 million more than him over three years. I mean, that's... I know it's a short contract, but I kind of want to throw that up as one of the worst contracts of all time. Familia? Absolutely. Yeah. Look at these guys. Guys night out just munching on some cotton candy. Oh, Vargas wasn't even thinking about swinging no. the bat. He was. That thing was on his shoulder the entire way. Um, yeah, all right. Back... Well, I guess we're still talking about the Mets. Jeff McNeil, back from the I.L., doesn't doesn't do anything for me. The Mets, uh, they're four games under 500 right now. I believe, oh, he's hitting right now. Look at that. Three for three. Perfect timing. Oh, boy. Now I sound like an idiot. Jeff McNeil. Maybe he's going to turn it around. He's going to take the Mets from being a sub-500 team to a slightly over-500 team that just barely misses the wild card spot. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, checking in on Boston. Uh, Michael Chavis won the AL Rookie of the Month. And I hate that guy already. Did you see his yeah, stupid he, he's beard? Gonna cause, he's going to cause us problems for all he looks. Time. He looks like a Red Sox. Did you see his stupid beard? No, I haven't really he's been paying like, attention to his facial hair. He's got no mustache and all beard. He's, it's a Red Sox look. And it's bad. It's real bad. You got to thin with the team. Yeah. Um, nothing <laughs> else really interesting is happening to Boston. Look at these guys. See how they're taking pictures and shit? Oh, my God. They're having a grand old time. Those guys have to be brothers. Those two. Oh my God! The ones on the left, yeah, yeah, Jeez. yeah. Um, all right, around the league, real quick, because I want to go to bed. Uh, there was a video that came out of little leaguers in Iowa getting warmed up for a game with a tornado in the background, and they were completely unfazed. They were just getting ready to play baseball, and there was this tornado touching down Wait, behind them. Again? Iowa. I mean, yeah, they're just used to that. Does Iowa get a lot of tornadoes? I feel like that's further I feel south. Like it's just, I feel like that's just something they're just used to for whatever reason. Dude, nothing, still, nothing really goes on in Iowa, I feel like. 
I feel is this one of those things where like like people from Florida, if it's snow, like if you get a flurry from Florida, everything shuts down for three days because they just well, don't clearly know how to not it. because they're playing little league baseball. The tornado in the no, background. but I, that's what I'm talking. Like I'm thinking about the tornado. Like the how are you still outside get cover? There's a tornado touching down, and they're just like, yeah, but that's like two miles away. There's no chance it comes over here. I don't know. I don't know how tornadoes work. Um. There we go. We live, in the, we live in the real world over here. Yeah. Uh, the number one overall pick. Least... Who was that? Oh, McNeil. McNeil. Did it hit him? Looks like it hit him. He's certainly acting like it hit him. No. Oh, no. Just right past his face. Yikes. Oh, that one got away. I always get every, every, everything with like backflips and everything now. Oh, my I'm... God. His face. Where he's like, oh, shit. Did he apologize? Oh, yeah, he apologized. He's like, yeah, it's my bad, man. Sorry. Sorry, it's your first game back. I almost put you right back on the I.O. Uh, but Adley Rutschman, the first overall pick for the Orioles, he's a catcher, got the Barry Bonds treatment in the College World Series. They walked him with the bases loaded. And, of course, it came back to bite them because the Oregon State ended up winning that game anyway. But he got the Barry Bonds treatment. So that's an Orioles catcher that's going to be in division probably two or three years away, and we're going to have to be dealing with him on a major league level. Not great. Um, players are starting to wear their socks above their knees. Not players, I shouldn't say. The Rangers, just the Rangers. Hunter Pence and Rugnetta Adore. Literally wearing their socks above their knees. It's the most absurd look I've ever seen. I'm all for having style when you're out there. But I know Socks up is a good style if it goes to like almost your knees. And then once you go above your knees, it looks like Odor's wearing bike shorts to the plate. It's bad yeah, luck. that looks outrageous. Bad luck. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon tore his ACL. And he's out for the entire year. That uh, stinks. Yeah, real rough. Uh, luckily, the Phillies traded for Jay Bruce immediately before that. So now Jay Bruce will be playing against the Mets probably 10 more times. And he's probably going to absolutely destroy them. And that's going to be hilarious. Uh, Mariner shortstop Dylan Moore made a perfect play. He's got a hard ground ball at shortstop with a man on third and then threw it home. But nobody was covering home plate. Catcher was halfway up the first baseline. This is what happens when you don't catch the signs. Uh, you see Hernan Perez pitching? I did not. He's a, it was a position player pitching. And he did, he did it up big. This is how I would do it if I was a position player coming in to pitch in the major leagues. He, did, he went from the stretch. He did a whole shimmy up to the, up to the set position. And he picked his leg up like Sandy Koufax and just whoo, whipped it in there at like 60 miles an hour. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it up big. Uh, on a more serious note, Byron Buxton, he is... Yeah, by the way, Oregon State lost that game. Did they? Yeah. I thought they won. I feel no, like I remember it, 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 it not ass. mattering at all. It remember, actually turned out to be the yeah. smart idea. I feel like someone said it came back to bite them in the ass. Maybe they ended up scoring again that inning and they ended up losing. But who knows? Cincinnati won by one run. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. It was fine then. It worked. Worked um, out. If Byron Buxton is finally good, the Twins are going to be a fucking problem. They're, they have 40 wins already. And the biggest Yeah, they're piece, not so quietly having a really good year. No, all they're doing is hitting home runs. And a huge part of it is they have they had two guys this year who highly, highly touted prospects who is this, if these guys put it together, they're going to be two of the best in the game. It's Byron Buxton and Max Kepler. And both of them are raking right now. He's and this, a, Vargas is throwing a four-hit shutout. That's what he's in right now. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Oh, give him the bullpen. 103 pitches. What? Why is Jason Vargas having a good game? I guess the Giants kind of stink, but... I think they're just Jason Vargas. Like, Screw it. He he does not look human. Yeah, no, he looks ridiculous. He looks uh, like a failed science experiment. But yeah, uh, twins are going to be a problem. And, I, and I'm not a looker either. But man, oh man, it ain't pretty. I mean, he looks like he's like 60 years old. I mean, the one photo with him and then the, like that, like the dude straight out of the 60s. Like just hanging around in the background, like the oh powder. the guy who looked like he signed the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, like but yeah. It's just the way he's dressed looks like a character. What out of was Anchor he Man. thinking when he put that outfit on and went to the stadium to do his that's, job, dude? That's New York baseball writers for you. I don't understand. That's just baseball writers in general. I think it's just unbelievable. 
Yeah, but like nobody stopped him. Like nobody on the way in was like, dude, at least like at least lose the jacket, please. No, he has no friends, probably. Oh, that makes sense. Um, all right. That's gonna wrap it up. I just wanna I wanna end on the note that we're still very pro Clint Frazier. I'm gonna be very clear about that. We are pro Clint what Frazier. What the fuck happened? Oh, Jonathan Holder happened, I think. Seven six. We we turn on Jason Vargas for two seconds, and this is the curse of Jason Vargas. You think the curse of Jason Vargas affects the Yankees? Yeah. Oh, this doesn't look like it's going to be good. Oh, no. We had him in a rundown? No. Uh, Gio just dropped the ball. Oh. oh, at least he didn't go. But uh, What was it? So a double into the corner. Void grabs the ball. Oh, he stretches he, it out he to a triple. To, yeah, he tried to whip it to second to try to steal an out there. Oh, they're taking Holder out. We've seen enough, seen enough of Jonathan. Britain's probably coming in, right? Yeah. I can't believe Jonathan Holder was good last year. I said it all year that I just he doesn't have good stuff. I didn't understand why he was having so much success. It just didn't make sense to me. And That's this baseball, year he's baby. bad again. Yeah, it just doesn't. But like for a whole season, like you can you can understand it if a bad pitcher, like not even a bad pitcher, if a guy's just got like a 96 mile per hour fastball and a good slider. Like he might not be a good pitcher, but he can have good outings. Like he'll have days where he's on and he'll have days where he's not. Jonathan Holder was just consistent all of last year. I think he had like a three ERA, I think. And I just it made no sense because he's got like a low nineties fastball. His breaking stuff isn't that great. And he was just good for no reason. All right, wrapping it up for real now. Pro Clint Frazier. Play average defense. Do something, man. Do Enjoy something. the weekend.